Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we? Great, thank you. How about yourselves? Good, good. That's good. Are we? Have we got some changes going on today? We do. Wow. Swanee can't join us. She's busy. She's far too busy and important for us today. She's got cruising, hasn't she? Gone to one of my favorite. Is that what she's doing? I can't remember. Gone to one of my favorite places in the world, Rotto. Oh, she's at Rottnest, right? Okay. No, it's Rottnest Island. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we got our um, diving certificates. Pet Quokka. Oh, we right. did have a pet quokka in our tent. It wasn't a pet, it just got into the tent. <laughs> and they had to work zips, apparently. Mm. Oh, they're pretty smart. They're cheeky. So instead of Swanee today, we've got Tony. <gasps> oh my <Yay>. God. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Tony's actually going to do a story. But before we get there, who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. <laughs> and I'm Clarky. <laughs> and together we are. Trial by wine. Beautiful. And what are we drinking? Well, we're having a Halden Sauvignon Blanc, and I'm not normally a fan of Sauvignon Blanc. I think I might have told you about this one once before. They make it in the traditional French style, so it actually has a lot of flavour to it rather than just being a kind of washed-out wine. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I do like a sofa, but, very yeah. nice. All right. Mm. Cool. And you guys? And Tony? Tony, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Wolf Base exclusive release Chardonnay. Exclusive Ooh. release. Is it for your eyes only or is it more <laughs> less exclusive than that? No, that's that's a top secret release. Um, that That's $10 more, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a gotcha. secret handshake to right. get a bottle, is there? <laughs> Excellent. Cool. And Schmitty, what about Hugh? I'm taking up the Swanee Mantle today and I'm drinking a Max. Oh. I've got seven weeks till we get married and I need to lose a lot of weight, so I'm trying to lay off the grog. Oh, I'm surprised you're not doing this podcast from a treadmill then. <laughs> I d- I've already done 7,000 steps today, thank you very much. I'm, yes. I've become very active and I'm doing my best. And, you know, so far there are early positive signals, but I'm not going to brag about it because it could all get put back on in five seconds' time. I may indulge a little later, but I'm starting slow today. Very good. Okay, well, good for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We will now, chew you back. Tony. So, Tony, yes, it's I'm... a big moment. You've been sitting next to me watching how we do this for, what is it, 18 months? Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Close to. I'll be interested to see how this turns out today. It must be awfully daunting. No pressure. <laughs> It is now. No pressure. No, no, it would it would be nice to see it done well. For once, that's right. Yeah. Ooh, someone's been taking her bitch pills. <laughs> I don't know, is it hot where you are? Oh, yeah, so hot and the um, power's gone out, so we can't have any air conditioning on. We've got a tiny little fan. Oh, yeah. It's like 37 degrees or something. So, yeah. so, oh, it's not that hot here, but it feels hot. Mm. Yeah. Well, today I'm going to talk about the biggest sting in the biggest state in America. <gasps> uh, 
And surprisingly, <laughs> it's going well so far. <laughs> We're smashing it. That's quite, that was quite the reaction, yeah. All right, the story's about the most famous drugs bust in Texas history, and it's about the eccentric cop that made it all happen. Really unusual guy, Tom Coleman, and he was the Texas Outstanding Lawman of the Year in 1999 for what he achieved. Wow. I love that as a prize, the Texas Outstanding Lawman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds very Texas, doesn't it? Can, yeah. we, can women get into it nowadays, do you know? Or? Yeah, yeah. There are apparently women in the Texas Rangers now. Not very many of them, but there are some women Texas Rangers. And it's the prize of 10-gallon hat or something. <laughs> uh, 20, 20, no, 20 uh, 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 Tom Coleman yeah. wore a 10-gallon hat he before he became go. Texas yeah, Outstanding. Like live and breathe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I told you he was an unusual lad. My primary sources were articles and interviews by the Texas Observer, The Age, the BBC, uh, 60 Minutes in the US, and a book by a guy called Nate Blakesby based on Tom's extraordinary policing style. But it's also a detailed book on Tulia, the town the, 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 it itself. It, it's, it's exhaustive. It's all built around, um, you know, Tom Coleman's achievements. Chile is the biggest town in Swisher County. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I've been, it's been pointed out to my colleague here that I also uh, use Wikipedia and the prison legal news were also helpful Ooh. in providing the story. Chile is the biggest town in uh, Swisher County. Can you say that fast? Swisher County? <laughs> Swisher? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. We've got a, Go we've got a Swiss accountant. <laughs> Swisher. This is Swisher. Swisher. Yeah. Well, our accountant is more Swiss than yours. Julia is home to some 5,000 people and declining. It's, it's a town that's not going the right way. It's one of the 26 most southerly Texas counties that make up the Texas panhandle. Is it because people are moving away or because people are being murdered faster than they can breed? No, this is this is um this is a story about drugs rather than murder actually. Um, They're moving away, I'd say. Yeah, right. Because mm. because of the drug influence. Yeah. It used to be a, a, an amazing food town, corn and, and and other such things. And it's where all the panhandlers came from. Ah, right, yeah. Uh, made that up. It's not. No. <laughs> um, it's because he talked about the it, Texas Panhandle. But it used, to be see, it, it used to feed the country, you know, those sort of claims. Yeah, if Swanee right. were here, she would actually be telling us all about the geography of the area and how many kilos of, you know, Mays. produce is produced, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it would have been amazing. It would have been really good, but a she's few not years here, ago, so but tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's in the Texas Panhandle. It's uh, it's seventy kilometers from Amarillo, and um, you know we might know that city because of uh, uh, Tony Christie's achievements in nineteen seventy-two. Or not? Do you remember it? No, no. Yeah, no. yeah. And uh, Peter Kay did a re-recording of it. Is this the way to Amarillo? No. 
Every night I've been hugging my pillow, Jesus. dreaming dreams of Amarillo, and sweet Marie who waits for me. And interestingly, <laughs> Peter Kay did a like a comedy relief version of this song, right, in the UK, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, and he had all these celebrities in it. And you can see it on YouTube and he's redone it with uh, some of the existing celebrities or the original celebrities that were in it and then some new ones. But guess who shows up at one point? He's dancing along with, uh, you know, the one that after he died it came out, Operation U Tree, it it came out that he was the biggest grooming pedophile rapist. Oh, oh, you're talking exactly. about Jimmy Savile. G- Jimmy Savile, that's oh, it. Right, yeah, yeah, so there's yes. one, there's one very uncomfortable bit where yeah, he's having right. a dance with Jimmy Savile. I'm like, oh god, surely that should be taken down. <laughs> that if ever I agreed with cancel culture, we should cancel Jimmy Savile. But anyway, I digress. When you when you said, do we know Amarillo? I was thinking um, it's something that Iggy Azalea sings about in Fancy, because I've always thought she said, first things first, Amarillo. And I've never really known why, but she actually says, I just Googled it, first things first, I'm the realist. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was getting Amarillo from oh, Steel Magnolias where they have the, at the wedding, they have the grey am- amadillo. Amarillo? Armadillo. Armadillos. Oh, sorry. Armadillos. Totally different. <laughs> Cancel that. I know. I was thinking about the armadillos. You know yeah. when we did the Bernie case and he shot the lady with the armadillo gun? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, same thing. And I bet they've got armadillos in Amarillo, but we're not actually in Amarillo, are we? We're not. No, we're 70, we're 70 miles from it. <laughs> so- That's how insignificant you are. This this town you've never heard of yes. is only 70 miles away <laughs> sure. from Amarillo. Right. We're doing well. <laughs> Julia's... Not known for much of anything, really, in the state, Texas, where everything is supposed to be larger than life. No one that fought and died at the Alamo lived in Chile. No world-renowned Tex-Mex chef lived in Chile. And no citizen ever found black gold or Texas tea on their land. Does it have a whorehouse in it, though? Texas has a whorehouse in it. Texas, (laughs) Texas. I can see Dom DeLuise right now. No? Okay. No, 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 not one. <laughs> um, <laughs> not anymore. They're all moving away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, two moderately famous people did come from Chile. The first being a basketball player called Gib Ford, who won gold with the US team in Melbourne in 1956 when, you know, that, that was the first Olympics in, in Australia. And he, he went on to become the CEO and chairman of Converse Sports. Oh, well, right. I, right. I finally heard of something you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I knew we had I knew we had the the Olympic Games in '56 in Melbourne. Yeah. And did you know? I think that the Hungarian team defected. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Correct. There was a yeah. big uproar because, and that was the same year as the uprising. Mm. Little fact about the yeah, turn, turn it around your dad, yeah. yeah. Turn it about your dad. It's all about your he dad. He didn't come out for a couple of years after that, so get your facts right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone thinks that Schmidt and uh, Tony are having a lot of gripes with each other, this is just normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't stress. We, we like to call it banter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The other famous person was not a good athlete, nor did he become a mover and shaker in the business world. Tom Coleman was a lowly policeman who pretty much single-handedly went undercover to wreck a drug syndicate and send the offenders to, to jail for a very, very long time. 
in mid-1999. Tom was the son of Texas Ranger Joe Coleman, and we all know the Reverend Chuck Norris and his fellow white-hatted, saddle-sore cops enjoy in Texas. Yeah, I mean, you they... know, if he does one, what do you call it, roundhouse kick, every woman for 50 kilometres is pregnant. All these Chuck Norris jokes about, you know, how virile and, and, and impressive and manly Chuck Norris was. <laughs> And one, I remember the one that if he does a roundhouse kick, everyone gets pregnant. Yeah. Right. No, the thing about Texas Rangers is that they're, they're almost, you know, they're almost untouchable. That so big in Texas, such a such an important thing in Texas that you know it would have been good for Tom to have uh, achieved something because he he didn't like the Rangers. Very very few people like the Texas Rangers. What's the difference between Rangers and sheriffs and Rangers are an independent state group of policemen. They work across borders. They go where they want. They go where they think there's trouble. Let's just do whatever they they like. Under a because they are well, not not they're not they're not paid by the feds. They're paid by Texas. Um, But they're so respected that and and you know a, a Texas ranger is. Welcome anywhere if he's helping you chase. What's the equivalency? Like the Canadian Mountains? No, there is. So as I understand it, there's the Texas Rangers and there's the Power Rangers. <laughs> Swallow that. Is that, oh, yeah, no, I've heard is of that them, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's Chardonnay even, that's an even tougher group to get you Yeah, into. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Possibly less respected though than the Texas Rangers. <laughs> he he wasn't a he, he wasn't sadly a, a, a ranger, but he did go across Texas from town to town, helping county police forces prevent crime by volunteering to go undercover. But, you know, there's nobody knew him as he went from town to town. He he you know he went undercover quite nicely. So how did he how did he get that gig? That sounds like you know you just not rock up to a county and go, hey, do you want some help? I'll go undercover. Well, you kind of do, but I'll, I'll come back to that okay. bit later. You kind of do in America at this time, and I'll give you the reasons why okay. later. I'll wait with bated breath. He worked, in, he, he worked undercover all the time, so working entirely alone, and he consequently, and things turned bad, and I want you to think line of duty here, you know, things gone really bad. If they've seen it. It would have been, you, you've seen line of duty, No. Oh, the English? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, English yeah, uh, undercover. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, like there's no way people would have got to him in time to help him out. I mean, the guy had balls. I'd hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> so confusing now. <laughs> he, he declined to wear a wire, preferring to write notes on his leg, his arms, <laughs> on crumpled cigarette packets. Does that, um, is that usable in court? It has its problems, which again yeah, we'll come okay. to. I feel like I'd rather he- have someone wear a wire and hear it said rather than see it written on a note on someone's leg. Yeah, the, 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 this is very true. <laughs> although, although it, it, it you is possible, on, you can like you, oh, can you could lose the, the evidence completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it is, it is, it is possible to get over the problem in court, as as he will prove. Okay. While he never achieved his dad's paramount level of policing. He sure matched his dad for the size of his balls. <laughs> <laughs> Did they actually have a contest? 
Um, Is that a ball? No, there's 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 no there's no action photos and all discussions about that are purely hypothetical. Okay. Made up by Tony. Yeah. Trial by one fact. Thanks entirely to Tom's nearly 18 months of undercover work. Almost all of the 40 odd cases were su- successfully prosecuted. That's an impressive clearance rate. Mm-hmm. Tom Tom enjoyed the admiration of the local sheriff, the judge, and townsfolk alike. He'd said that locals would tip their hats and mouth the words, that was thank you, by the way. Wherever he went. That, that doesn't work well on radio. Audio show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but um, I, I realise it's, it's, it's funny, I'm jabbering on about the main cop in this story, and you, it, it, it's unusual for a crime show. You've got to talk about those facing prosecution. So let's let's get on to that. In the pre-dawn raid on July the 23rd, 1999, based in, on information compiled by Tom Coleman, local police and state troopers in full SWAT team gear. I mean, these guys looked scary. They had all sorts of shit on them. Like, you couldn't see their faces or anything. Yeah. Um, they roused 46 men and women from their homes and paraded them in front of the media, charging them in front of the media in full view for maximum dramatic effect. Some of the some of the people dragged out has had little clothing on. All of them were, you know, semi-traumatized and 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 extremely unkempt, shall we say. Of the 46 arrested, 39 were African Americans and the remainder were in relationships with African-Americans. But that had nothing to do with it, surely. Surely. Mm. This was close to or, or nearing 20% of the adult coloured population. I don't think we call people coloured. Uh, population of children. I don't think we call them coloured. No. I, I, I think you say close to 20% of the African-Americans. I've said it twice already. Population. I can't keep saying african I don't care how many times you have to All say right. it. AA. I'm not getting done AA. We'll go with AAs. No. This was close to 20%. AA, that's so much better than KKK. I mean, it's not that hard to say. (laughs) Anyway, by people of colour, it was being questioned. If one in every five of our ghetto people are peddling drugs, who the hell are they selling them to? Good question, I reckon. Yeah. Mm. It was a question no one in town seemed interested in answering. Tony, when you said that they had, they were really scary, they had, you know, face coverings and everything, I was going to say like hijabs or something. But <laughs> no, don't. but I filtered no, that actually, myself so that Schmidt didn't have to. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like ski mask wear, yeah. right? Yeah, With black, yeah. the predominant color. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, but this question of who the hell are they selling the drugs yes. to was a question no one in town seemed interested in answering. No one in the sheriff's office. None of the prosecutors, in order to defend their lawyers. happy with people using drugs, just not selling them. Yeah, and the judge certainly right, wasn't worried about this ratio. Can I ask what drugs they were? Was it cocaine? Yeah, uh, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, what a shock. Almost entirely. The rich rich people's drug. (laughs) Yeah, right. No wonder they weren't interested. I'm kind of thinking that the... The, the rich people and the powerful people in town are using the cocaine and so probably happy with it being sold, to be honest, and certainly don't want the users to get caught. But anyway. Swisher, not swisher than everybody, not but pretty swisher. <laughs> More swish than no. most. <laughs> swisher County Sheriff Larry Stewart had been in office in 19, since 1991 and no one looked to be able to knock him off his perch. When in January 1998, he was at his most popular. He accepted Tom Coleman's proposal to go undercover in Chile to help clean up the drug scene. In doing so, 
He failed to check Coleman's performance records at Count as he'd worked for in prior hirings. So he thought he wouldn't be able to do it. Well, he, he, no, he, 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 he just said, yeah, you sound good. Right? Right. Being a son of a, being son of a ranger was enough for him. Yeah, right. If he did check the records and we don't really know, he never did anything about the fact that Coleman had been fired by some of his previous employers. Dun, dun, dun. When, when Stuart actually learned about Coleman's indictment in 1999, he was forced to arrest Coleman and suspend his undercover investigations. The Cochrane County Sheriff, Cochrane County is not far away, who'd accused Coleman of the 1996 theft, wrote to the Police Officer Accreditation, Accreditation Agency, it's my opinion that an officer should uphold the law. Mr. Coleman should not be uh, re, uh, be a police, a law enforcement officer. Sheriff Stewart inexplicably had Coleman resume his undercover operations. Was that inexplicably? Yeah. What did I say? Something else. Did I? <laughs> was it better or? Yeah, much better. <laughs> it was innovative. Right. <laughs> All right, let's let's have a look at Tom Coleman. I don't know when proud Texas Ranger, Texas Ranger Coleman died. I've tried hard to find out, and you know, like there's every you Texas Ranger dead. is recorded dead, in sorry. a register. Yeah, Tom's dead, but there's there's nothing recorded about when Joe died or or, or any of the Rangers. It's not all that clear. All I can say is that I hope this very proud man had passed away before his son's trial and conviction in 2004. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't see that coming. Yes. <laughs> Tom, Tom, the lawyerman's son, had no problem at all with sending dozens of innocent people to jail for 25 or more years. Oh, my Lord. He made up stories about people whose life was tough enough already in order to take away the most precious thing they had left, their freedom, and then walked down the streets to Tullyon basking in the gratitude of those six citizens that felt he'd cleaned up their own town by getting rid of those pesky black folk. Not my word. Okay. Good to know. Quote, unquote. What an arsehole. Some of those who uncovered this story were convinced that even if the townsfolk had known the truth, they wouldn't have given a damn. So he's not the only a-hole in the room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He hardly spoke a word of truth in the 18 months undercover. He stole federal money, meant to finance the downfall of drug syndicates on himself and used some of it to buy the small amount of drugs that he claimed to have found on his victim. Yet the raids on his targets produced nothing in the way of illegal contraband other than minute amounts of drugs that you could find. But he'd used state money to buy himself. Yeah. Great. Champion. Not- the poor souls he targeted knew him only as TJ, a construction worker in the local area. And that was if they knew him at all along, you know, a lot of them were arrested, just thought, who is this guy? <laughs> According to the documentary maker, Tom Mangold, TJ's cover was that he was a ponytailed white trash biker with a girlfriend whose sexual appetite could only be satisfied with the help of liberal quantities of powdered cocaine. I think that has to be said in the right accent, Tony. A ponytailed white trash biker with a girlfriend whose sexual appetite could only be satisfied with the help of liberal quantities of powdered cocaine. (laughs) However, on one occasion, uh, while in one of the SWAT-like teams sent to pick up one of the accused, the victim claimed his innocence, asking, what what exactly have I done? 
come and raised his face mask and said, how do you recognize me, arsehole? The guy still didn't yeah, recognize, recognize my asshole. <laughs> no, what? I you recognize my asshole. <laughs> I, I hope that's no. the other end. <laughs> Is it prettier than what you're showing me now? <laughs> so Coleman was, was trying to let the people around think he'd seen him many times before, but it was days later that the guy who's being arrested realised he was TJ, a worker that he'd met on two occasions, neither of which involved any discussion of drugs at all. Now, Trial by Wine has covered many famous serial killers that have done worse things than Tom did. No. But most of them had wiring forks in otherwise impressive brains. <laughs> Carmen's brain had no wiring forks, but well, it was very low-voltage grey matter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would just say all the engineering jokes are coming out now, but... I would just say that actually he stole 25 years off, what, 46-something people? Uh, um, no, no you know, that, that, that's That's a life good. sentence, yeah. isn't it, mm-hmm. Clarky? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, t- he stole people's lives. He might not have murdered them, but no, he took their, took their lives. Yeah. yeah, save that for sentencing. Yeah. So he wasn't brilliant. So any <laughs> cop that was really... You know, like I want, I want to see things are right in this in this town. Now do you recognise me, asshole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of line gave away he wasn't that smart. Yeah. Or, now do you recognise I'm an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Also, yes, now I, I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any straight cop or gay that was was looking? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or <laughs> gay straight cop. Any non. What's the rest of the alphabet? Non-criminal cop. Yes, I wanted to thank my legal advisors. <laughs> would know something was wrong and would not have a lot of trouble proving it. The shame was that every cop in town was looking the other way. Nobody cared. So he couldn't have done it on his own, I think. He, he the could. In fact, he did. Happy. No, no, but I mean. But he couldn't have done it if anybody gave a damn what he yeah, was no up to. Yeah, no one questioned any of this yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. Shame to, on to, them. In, in shame, all honesty, shame, shame. when you first read on this thing, you think Tom Coleman's a total unique arsehole. But the truth is, this was pretty know. much the picture of what was going on across that part of Texas at the time. Town after town. I feel like that statement will get a lot of support from the Black Lives Matter movement too, just quietly. Mm. Mm. Indeed, yeah. So Coleman didn't bring shame on Julia. He, he focused it, but he just spotlighted the disgusting state of race bias by the legal system and a very large component of its white population in Tulia and towns around. The shame should have been there even before TC first set foot in town. In fact, much of the Panhandle region of Texas had similar issues. I'm going to take a look at the parties involved in this. First is the war in crime, and the, the parties yeah. involved were Ronald Reagan and George Bush Sr., right? They both decided that... Zero tolerance for drugs. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Dr- drugs was a war that we got to win. They'll have a good war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. The, the drug syndicates had effectively replaced the communist nations as something to say, it's all their fault, you know, we'll go get them, we're Americans. So what had happened was that Reagan and, and then Bush made a great deal of money available to poorer counties to fight these drug barons. Mm-hmm. And it, it was pretty easy to get hold of this money. 
And this is where these Tom Coleman and, and his like got funded through this money. Is it like grants. the pink bat scheme in Australia or the... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, it's not as dangerous, I got mum and dad's <laughs> house insulated with that scheme and no one died and they, the house is much better for it yeah. and it was cheap. But, yes, I take your point. <laughs> Some states and their counties that were doing it tough couldn't wait to get their hands on a, a share of the money because there was plenty of it lolling about. After Tulia, these funding arrangements were found, and some while after, it took years to dig into them. And, and people during this period, there were people saying, this is a total waste of money. There are some very inappropriate actions going on here. And the whole thing says, the more people you have a successful arrest on, the more money you will get. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's KPIs, you know, mm. clearance rate and KPIs, yeah. These guys were known as gypsy cops, the money, the guys who and, – and, and what it was, guys said, like, I've got some police training that to get a minimum, basic minimum of training to be able to carry out the role. You know, there were all sorts of cops, riffraff and, and well-meaning, getting paid to, to do this stuff, particularly undercover stuff. It, 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 Coleman's cases were embarrassingly weak in court. And we'll talk a lot about that. We'll, we'll go through the various parties and their, their part in this. Like, here's the but, evidence I wrote it on my leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No, yeah, it was on my, yeah, uh, I yeah. think it's it was on naked. my left toe, on my toe on my left foot, my big toe. That's yeah, right. I the think problem I wrote was that. that yeah. you know, I, I showered almost weekly. I wrote it on my ball shaft, <laughs> but it was uh, a bit sweaty that day and... Yeah. No. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't read it. It's very wrinkly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to iron it, but that didn't work. Yeah, writing on corduroy really doesn't work. No. Oh, <laughs> it's clearly um, a man's show. Uh, you know, that, look, it was imba- it, it says, was embarrassing. It says Mrs. Magic Pussy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Nicely played, my friend. <laughs> Coleman's cases were absolutely embarrassing at times. A few of them, whilst all those that didn't get thrown out, and there were only there was less than a handful that got thrown out, they had to get thrown out because they were so embarrassingly weak. I mean, you know, like Tanya Wright was one of Coleman's embarrassing failures. In court, she faced a 99-year prison sentence. Jeepers. But at the time when Coleman swore she was selling him drugs, she happened to be hundreds of miles away in Oklahoma signing a deposit slip uh, with a check, which is not, normally what you'd consider a drug dealer amount of money because it was a sum total of $8 she was putting into her savings. Yeah, wow. Is it kind of like they go to court and he goes, these ones did it, and they go, did not, and then they go, well, show us the evidence. And he goes, oh, all right, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You That happened at several layers in this story. Really? And it ex- it's hard to believe it. it but it was surely really even a half good public defender would have done enough work to say, look, here's the evidence. She was actually somewhere else signing a deposit thing. You know, we've got we've got hard evidence she wasn't where you say she or was. Or also the prosecutor might um, go, can you show me the evidence before we go to court? Well, that's, a, yeah, because what do they call them? The attorney, district attorney yeah, is yeah. supposed to no, approve. We'll go, what I'll do is I'll give you a rundown on okay. the, the prosecuting attorneys that, Defence attorneys, the judge. It's the probably jury. better than us right? just I'm, speculating, I'm, isn't it? No, it's probably no better, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's my show. 
Yes, good point you make. Another suspect had his charges dropped when he was able to prove that he'd been at work during the times he supposedly sold Coleman cocaine. And Coleman admitted he couldn't even identify a third person who he'd charged. You know, he said, several of his descriptions oh, were totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there, there was a, a tall guy with a lot of hair that, that uh, uh, and the guy he had, uh, he described as the person I arrested and, and a short shaven headed guy. <laughs> was the up. one who turned up. You know. So he's kind of going for that whole, um, yeah, it was a African-American blah, 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 but then he's getting all of the other physical things wrong Everything. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 that's right. It's, uh, it's, um, like I said, his grey matter was not impressive. Yeah, but his asshole factor is high <laughs> and his racist factor anyway. But maybe he knew he could get away with a lot more than... Yes. We would ever believe. As long possible. as I said they were African American, then they'll That's believe right. me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that he, he was racist or do you think that he was just exploiting the racism of the area that you can just if I say there He was exploiting it. He wanted to be a famous policeman more than anything I'm, in the world. I'm gonna go he, both because yeah. I don't think you could if you're not, not a, yeah, be you racist pick on a minority. Do that. Yeah. So I, I think he I don't know. I mean he can just be an asshole. Trying to, it's just seeing an opportunity. But, but by doing by doing that, you become racist. There's yeah. there's there's nothing to suggest he has a an unusual but strong moral code that um, that um, is without racism. So I, I I'm pretty sure he goes along. But I think you're right. Technically, they're not the same thing. Taking yeah. advantage of people's racism is not. Being yeah, racist yourself. Yeah, because I'd, like I'd, I'd take advantage equally, of a white guy if I, he was the one. That's the right. Money. It's just easier yeah. for me yeah. to do this yeah. in this scenario. So um, the, the first, the actual first trial was of Joe Moore, who was claimed to be Talia's drug king, kingpin. And to be fair, Joe was the nearest thing to a drug lord that Julia had. He said fair cop on times before and, and, and done his penalty for minor <laughs> dealing. But he was adamant he didn't do this. So Joe's drug dealings were penny ante at best. He lived in a, a, a little shack. He drove a substantially rust-ridden car. He absolutely insisted he never sold cocaine to Coleman. This is totally unlike the way he was normally. He said, yeah, fair cop. The state had absolutely no physical evidence. They never had any corroborating accounts. Nobody else said, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw this. Or whatever. Right. Moore had previously been convicted on two felonies. He got off a few as well in, in his youth and as a result faced the possibility of an enhanced sentence if, convic- if convicted. Nevertheless, probably strange from his side, of the, his side of the fence, but he put his faith in the judicial system and maintained his innocence on this, this charge. Joe Moore put his faith in the wrong place. He was found guilty and sentenced to 99 years in prison. That is disgusting. We have covered murderers who have less of a, yeah. you know, I know it's yeah, a yeah. war on drugs and drugs are bad and I'm not saying they're not, but no, it's just this. Yeah, the injustice and the. Just the time, it's just crazy. Yeah, no one. Seven, one year to life or seven years to life, you make 99 years get, you know, ridiculous. Take right. a take a punt at what the highest sentence was. 150 years. Anybody else? 210. Ooh, anybody else? Anybody else, Stuart? Five. Five. 
Like, <laughs> five million. Five million. <laughs> what was it? 434 years. 434 oh, years. Were any of them served concurrently? Yes. No, no, that, no, they weren't. That guy had a gun when they arrested him. So they figured. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I, that's that's the only place. person in Texas with a gun at the time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the only, it's the only African-American person, person about to be arrested who had a gun on him. <laughs> Who was who was framed for using drugs, for selling drugs? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. With a gun on him at yeah. the time. So what I'll do now, I'll go quickly through all the the players in this. Sheriff Larry Stewart. He's flying along. Everybody's liking Larry Stewart. Larry Stewart, by the way, the, the, the one description of him from one of the people covering it was he wore a ten gallon hat. He wore a ten gallon hat all the time, and he tried his very best. To walk like Gary Cooper. Putting on the Ritz, wasn't it? Trying hard to look like, like Gary Cooper. Super duper. Right, so Stuart accepted Coleman's proposal to go undercover uh, to clean up the drug scene. He failed to check his performance records at count as he'd worked prior to hiring for him. If he did check them, he never did anything about them. And we know uh, nearby Cochrane County tried to get him for stealing um, uh, or sacked him for stealing only five months before and charged him. So they had charges against him while he was acting as a... No. They charged him, but he got he was let off. He, he, he repaid the money back. He took money off his then-girlfriend and... Oh, that's and okay blah, 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 then, and, Yeah, <laughs> and then paid the debts what back. And, and then then his girlfriend left him. I've got none of that in here because I don't care how shit his life was. <laughs> well, no, no, but it's material because it if is. he had a charge against him, then he shouldn't have been but hired was, as a police team. But as you say, they didn't do bad. any, like, checks. There it were no checks and balances. So lame. Because he was going to bring the money in from the... Money, yeah. that's right. Money oh, was yeah, coming right, in. Right. Until we get a replacement so, for him, the money would stop coming. Money makes the world go round, the world go round, the world go round. So the prosecution lawyers, I'll sum up very, very quickly. None of them were stars. They made many slip-ups that sometimes the defence people highlighted and sometimes they missed themselves. But the judge in the all-white jury didn't seem to notice any of these slip-ups. They didn't make a jot of difference. So the prosecution lawyers, you you could almost say they they were near to good guys because they did their feeble best to get people off by putting forward fairly ordinary cases, (laughs) and still they won. The defence lawyers are a little more complex. Defence lawyers provided by the state were paid a fixed amount for their work. Mm. And, and we're talking about hundreds of dollars, not thousands. Yeah, public defenders. Yeah. Yeah. Pittance. Yeah, the, the only way to make any money at all was to deal with the issue swiftly, and swiftly usually meant convince your innocent client to plead guilty and get yeah, reduced yeah. sentence. Yeah. Right. Most defence lawyers knew that the chance of getting a... Person of colour. A person of colour acquitted, thank you, yeah. uh, from a judge charge was minimal anyway. But the fact that the judge and jury were never in the mood to give a reduced sentence was rarely mentioned to their client. Mm-hmm. So they told their clients, like, if you, know, you do this, you'll get a reduced sentence, yeah. or you might. Yeah, that's right. No, that's right. No, you yeah. won't. Plead yeah. guilty. Yeah. Plead guilty yeah. and you get a reduced sentence. That's right. But also, yeah. if I it. fight this charge, I'm doing it for free, basically, because that's right. I'm losing money. I'm spending money. Yeah. 
There were a few exceptions to that. Some lawyers, at least one lawyer, Jeff Blackburn, spent invested a substantial amount of their own time in trying to get innocent people acquitted. But the naivety of the extent of the colour bias of both judge and jury meant that they were giving their clients hope, and yet they were found guilty no matter how many courtroom mistakes the prosecution attorneys made or how poorly Tom Coleman performed in his cross-questioning in court. Do you think that it was naive, or do you think it was just the fact that they couldn't play along with the system when I've still got to fight this, even though... I'll give a quote from Jeff Blackburn in a minute, which sums up trying to walk this line sure. for, for the defence. When you're talking about all white jury... Like there were 46 people charged. There must have been multiple cases that we're talking about. No, as far as I can make out, there was certainly one judge for all of them. So all 46 and people they were all with rammed the same through jury, in a few days. Same jury, same judge. It's not super clear that they were exactly the same jury. Yeah. It is super clear that there was never a a non-white person on the jury. Wow. But, but also, 46 people was 20% of the. African American population, didn't you say? So there's like adult, adult. adult. So so there's oh, yeah. 250 or something that the miners aren't going to be on a jury. I don't know what the population of the town was. Did you establish that? Five thousand. Yeah, five thousand. Right. So they're a, yeah. a, a massive minority. It's not unusual, I think, in that case to think that you, African you can argue won't the numbers. Be on a jury, yeah. But the fact that the only people appearing in front of the jury are African American is the problem. Uh, Jeff Blackburn did an enormous amount of, of free work. Still didn't. He still didn't behave brilliantly. He, he still didn't do brilliantly in court because he had a bit of naivety as well. He, he said, in fact, when he was asked about racism, there's a racial element in all this, but it's not an overtly racist sort of approach. This is middle of him defending people who yeah, right. are, are, are clearly innocent. Even if they weren't innocent, there was nowhere near enough legal load to send them to jail mm. you know blackbone says it's not an overtly racist sort of do you approach. do you agree with that no i think it's totally racist but you said earlier paul people have to learn to live and translate stuff in their own head in a way that lets them do do their job did so i say that he's, yeah huh. did he did he not sure Oh. I don't remember it. Did I allot that to him? Um, no, so what, what I was talking about is, is it racist if you, uh, sorry, are you racist if you just go and prosecute black people because that's where the money is? And I, I still think yes. But what I wonder is for someone living in that community who is fighting the good fight, he probably sees a whole lot of things that are absolutely in-your-face racism and this is something that's harder to point out, certainly on a case-by-case case thing. So one, with the benefit of hindsight, where you can go, they prosecuted 46 people, all of whom were African-American, then that's absolutely racist. But at the time, you don't know that data, if that makes sense. No, but, but the judge, the jury, the people around town, the newspaper, all seem to be perfectly happy that the only drug bastards in this town are what they would call black. No, I, I understand that. I guess what I'm saying is that so if the society is in terms of a, on a scale of zero to ten racist, they're ten, then an act of five or six yeah. will seem far yes. less yes. racist yes. 
they're going to they're going to normalize what correct and and you know the twenty odd years yeah. on the world is very different in this space I think albeit still not perfect but we're calling that stuff out a whole lot better now yeah. so he probably yeah. would have felt more comfortable. Oh yeah, today, and, and, saying, and, and, this is bullshit, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. So you got to give credit for those people in the early two thousands that he's possibly playing yeah. the game a bit to go. I can't go too hard, or you know, it, yeah, play yeah. It. He's he's got to live in this environment, yeah. or he's got to go off. And unless he wants to go right out of the Texas Panhandle, yeah. which not many people do, I would think, who live in the Texas Panhandle, funny enough, then he's out of the frying pan into the fire. But um, is that better than being judge. out of the panhandle into the frying pan? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, the panhandle just means a skinny strip, I think. Yeah. I think it, it's it's kind of a little bit like, it's just like something big goes suddenly very slim. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, what do we call it? A spit, don't we? We call it a spit. Porpoise spit? Yeah, like a, 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 some little skinny yeah. bit of land. But, but I think it's fair to say... Panhandle. I'm just wondering if you go from the frying pan handle into the frying pan, then into the fire. And um, can you go yeah, from the right. pan handle straight to the fire and skip the pan itself, or is that not possible? No, you'd bang your head on the pan. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. The judge. Here we go. Judge Edward Self is as culpable, perhaps even more so, as Tom Coleman. He heard all of the trials, plea hearings, and sentencing sessions. It was repeatedly reminded that the evidence of their guilt was based on the word of one person, Tom Coleman, who on several occasions showed to be, you know, not dependable in court. A defence lawyer, not Blackburn, and one of the other defence lawyers filed evidence for Judge Self's consideration that documented Coleman's 1997 indictment for theft when working in another county and also his arrest on that charge while conducting the Tulia undercover operation. Judge Self immediately sealed the motion, which I understand means, it doesn't mean picking up your dog shit with a plastic bag, but it does mean- I didn't think it would mean that. No, no, that came to my <laughs> mind straight away, so sealing the motion. Yeah, yeah, I understand now, yes. <laughs> and certainly not a moist Tony motion. Tony loves talking about his motions. Oh, do you get motion sickness? I do. <laughs> <laughs> <Schmitty> does. <laughs> I have to hear about him and the dog one more time. I thought you meant anyway. because of the smell. Oh, I've got no. motion sickness. More, he just likes to tell me. Oh, you know, I took Buff for a walk. He did a really solid poo. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, anyway. well, I'd stop saying look. I'll stop opening the bag to you when I come on. <laughs> You're all hot. <laughs> and he likes to do it usually when I'm either eating food or preparing food. Oh, eating I prefer. Definitely. Yeah, it's the best time to talk um, about the dog's poo or your own. Mm-hmm. Sealing the motion does mean in American law and Texas law that any reference to the topic during the cases, including potential references to any other information about Coleman's past that might question his witness account, is banned, forbidden, you cannot bring it up. You cannot in. So you can't infer. bring him into any disrepute. You can't oh, say this guy's. That's shit, isn't it? That is what the judge did. He simply used his power as a judge to conceal critical information yep. and then t- continue to award extremely harsh sentences to defendants based on nothing more than Coleman, a guy who'd already looked shaky in every way possible on Coleman's work. And what's his name, Judge? Self. 
Edward Self. Judge Self. Yeah. Ed Self. Is that a fucking yeah. joke? No, oh, no. Asshole. In fact, when I, I got the audible version of, of the book I referred to about Julia and in this case. There was a whole section where I was listening while I was driving and I was concentrating on the spells and I kept coming back. And the, the guy said several times, he wrote a note to self. Oh, <laughs> and, see? And I, and I thought, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Confusing. Had me very confused. But no, I, it, he's the judge. He's definitely the arsehole of a judge. Right. The jury. I... I Thought of having statements to individual notable people in town saying very, very racist things, whilst not thinking they're being racist, to be honest. You know, they can't they can't look after themselves, so sometimes we go around and help them cook. And, what? <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that yeah. So I'm, I'm not talking about that, but what you can presume in, in a small town that the Tulia Sentinel, the town's newspaper, is well-read. What the Sentinel wrote on the first day of the trial was, we do not like these scumbags doing business in our town. They're a cancer in our community. It's time to give them a major dose of chemotherapy behind bars. Wow. A few days later, his headline after sentencing was completed was, Tunia's streets cleared of garbage. And this is like 1999. Yeah, yeah this is not overt. Yeah, no. Not, <laughs> According to Blackburn. I'm wondering you know, what overt is in the context right. of that town. Jeez. That's right, yeah. But, see, they would say it's in the context of the fact that they're criminals, not that they're black or not that they're... Yeah, well, because scumbags doesn't mean right. black people as official evidence, mm. <laughs> but it sure as hell is what they, they meant. Gorgeous. Mm. Because every, every scumbag was black except a few who were partners of... Scumbags. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but they would just say we're talking about the drug sellers. I, I yeah. yes. Who have been convicted on yeah. no evidence it's, by our... Yeah. yeah. And, and our, that's the bit where it's it hard to kind of pin down the racist element. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's just coincidental yeah. that they're people of colour. It's institutionalised. Yeah. This kind yeah. of sounds like, you know, a, um, one of those um, movies that we kind of love to watch where there's this... The, the people of colour or the African-Americans or whatever are being wronged, but then they come out on top kind of thing. And, yeah, and, that's right, yeah. And it's, yeah. it feels like this is something from the, I don't know, I'm going to get the year wrong, but maybe the 50s or, you know, the, the 20s, not mm. the late 90s. Not the late 90s, um, yeah. That, that, yeah. that institutionalisation is is awful, but but I don't mm. doubt that happens here as well. And, and, you know, coming from someone who doesn't have that prejudice against them, it's it's frustrating to hear these sorts of examples because ugh, it's kind of makes I, 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 think, I think when you talk about these things happening in the 20s and 50s, I think the 20s and 50s, the revolution did occur, but it didn't occur in certain parts of America. Yeah, no, no, I understand. I, 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 yeah. All I'm saying is that's kind of the, the feel that it has to it. The yeah, fact that it's yeah. the 90s and then you think, you know, that the whole Black Lives Matter campaign is happening or happened yeah. you know, over the last couple of years. It's no bloody wonder, and these are the cases you don't hear enough about where yeah. all of the people who did this get brought into shame yeah. down the track. I think they yeah. just get away with it. No, I think I think that's fine. Uh, talking a little bit about why this they could give these outrageously long sentences, state law in some states, including Texas, had got tough with drug peddlers, right? And, and, and you remember there's 
there was two quite popular uh, presidential periods where they said, well, yeah. what you got to worry about is, is drug peddlers and, and drug barons. Yep. And, and is this around right. the so, Pablo Escobar time? I, uh, in terms good, of cartels? Good question. Um, that was late 90s, I'm sure. It would certainly overlap, whether it was at the most covered period yeah. for Escobar. I, I, I don't know. No, what I mean but, is, I, and I guess it's not so much. But that would that, that would have been the silent face of it. It would have been stuff pouring in from these barons. Yeah. But what's happening, they've put this, and it was enormous amount of money at, at that date, tens and tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars going through these half unqualified coppers. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it, it was all part of this, you know, all the bad decisions America made about fighting communism, you know, the, the, yes. you know, Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. The red terror. It, it's that same thing again. If you, if you make, if you make someone, we're in danger of doing it with China. You know, Russia owns it. Russia's clearly a, a bad guy, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But China, we're all scared of China, so we paint this, you know, we gotta we gotta stop them, we gotta, you know, stop every step they make. Um that that's what's happening at this time. What they did in regard to state law in some states, including this state, was they introduced Stuff that pushed drug peddling to an increased level of of penalty, yeah. to to first or second degree yeah, felonies. That's why we get to ninety nine years when you can yeah, get less murder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but I think so, I think that's got to be understood in the, in the context of the time, and that's kind of why I'm I'm just doing a bit of googling because there's in the early nineties there's a Median cartel, the Sinaloan cartel, the Tijuana cartel, and I think there was escalating crime in Mexico yeah. from a lot yeah, of those, absolutely. which yeah. was then starting to impact America, which is why they then went, all right, we've yeah. got to go hard. And Texas. Yeah, Texas, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you don't have to be a racist yeah. asshole in the process. Yeah, I, no. don't thinking, I don't think having tough penalties for drug crimes, mind you, I think if you look at the last 20 years, there's no evidence that uh, it stops people doing anything, but no. having you know tough penalties is, might have been a sound idea. To your point, picking on a particular ethnic minority and falsifying, implying that they've actually done something that they hadn't done, yeah, is the crux of the well, issue. And also something yeah. like you know, a, a somebody selling drugs in this town in Texas versus catching you know El Chapo or. Pablo, that, Pablo that's, Escobar. That's the point. They're that's the, the ones point. who should yeah. get the 400-year penalty. That's the point. Not- I, yeah. I, I don't think Tom Moore knew any of the names. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The drug lord you do it. I'm certainly sure he wasn't dealing with any of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and the judge should know enough to go, you know what, if he was guilty of what he's being charged with, is a small-town operator in a small town not a drug lord and therefore doesn't deserve 400 years. So the judge... Slash jury needs yeah. some improvement. Oh, yeah, a little. And, uh, <laughs> and we'll get to that yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'll tell you something about describing these these towns that seem out of sync with the big towns that we know, with the cities that yeah. we know. There, there was a film, I don't know when, 2000 ish. It had, uh, who was, right, I have to. Tony, if you're going to. Sub in for Swanee, you need to up your game on pop culture. 
Because oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I can ask Swanee, yeah, yeah. So Channel your best, Swanee. Who was, right, Die Hard means which... Bruce Willis. Was, who was married to... Uh, Demi, Demi Moore. Moore. Demi Moore was in a film with... <laughs> yes, look at us. Between us, we equal one Swanee. <laughs> Demi Moore was in a film with... Now, we're talking about Ghostbusters. Patrick Swayze. Uh, no, Ghostbusters. Team Ghostbusters. Demi Moore wasn't was in, in with, a film. She was in with, with Ghost, them. not Ghostbusters. No, no, no. Dan Aykroyd or... Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> Candy, the, the, the John Candy. Uh, chub, John chubby Candy. fellow. Yeah, yes, Candy. Candy. Yeah. They were all in a movie where the aforementioned lady... Demi was Moore. In a in a car with work associates. The like boss, the, the boss has got a BMW. They went speed. They got lost. They went off the main road. They went speeding through this little town. They got picked up by John Candy, and then they got put in front oh, for nothing but trouble. Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, who, who else was in it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, had Dan Aykroyd in it. Yeah, it was Dan Aykroyd, the judge. A financier meets a spurned lover and agrees to take her to a business. Oh no, meeting. no, 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 no! But no, that, that it must that. have been a follow up to this. No, film. that's it. That'll be the film. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy. Yeah, maybe it. Chevy You're Chase. Right. I'm not sure about Do Chevy. Do they go Demi through Moore, a strange town? Peter Aykroyd. They get chucked in jail. Oh, well, hang on. Let me go back to... Just look at the synopsis. Wait, is there yeah, a judge? Just, just give me a bone because you're throwing about 4,000. Is, is there a crazy judge involved? Nothing but trouble. Judge Alvin? Right. Okay. If there's a judge... Dan in it, Aykroyd yeah. plays Judge Alvin. Yeah, JP. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, movie? so he's an absolute lunatic. You know, the city slickers, they've not gone very far from the office, but they've gone in this little uh, wrong road that's gone into this little town with an absolutely lunatic judge. Right. It's a, it's a fabulous film. Judge says. Basically, it's a, it's a, basically it's a, deliverance, but it's a judge instead of a it, It's right. It's deliverance <laughs> with your cloak, with your full with suit your clothes on. on. Yeah. Um, without any male rape. <laughs> If you've not seen it, you should go hunt it down because it is a funny at times, but fundamentally, like, scary. Yeah, it's a comedy horror, it says. I, yeah, I got charged for dramatic overspeeding. I was going to lose my licence in um, Mansfield. Are you going to say a, Mansfield's a like this town? No, no, no. Oh. In, I, actually in Mansfield. Right? Yeah, right. Just outside Mansfield doing a ridiculous speed. And the copper booked me. He was perfectly right and all that. I had to drive up there for the case and I had this awful feeling I was going to get Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> or Judge Self. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, Aykroyd would have been. Yeah. No, Aykroyd never ruined as many lives as Judge Self, Self did yeah, in yeah. Judge's all period, yeah. Yes. But watch the film. Yeah. But I, you, I were you worried you, weren't, you were going to get a worse sentence? Because you're not from here, boy. Uh, I was worried that it was going to be hostile. Yeah, a, a, outsider. You, what the F do you think you're doing? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're it's driving through. Yeah. It's funny because a friend of ours was coming here to have some wines one Friday night recently, and our road is closed at the moment, so there's literally very little traffic. And on the way here, he got done for speeding by highway patrol, who are patrolling a no-through road because we're cut off, and he got fined. For doing, yeah, not a huge speed, but he was. Yeah. He also had a, a drink in his car because he was on his way here to have a drink, yeah. and we're all going, oh, like that's not right, <laughs> because 
because he's from here. And so, like, if it was someone from out of town coming here who had no business being here, you'd go, "That's that's wrong." But that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a local, uh, fair, yeah, it's, fair, it's yeah. actually time that you came back to Melbourne now. <laughs> you are starting. <laughs> you're, in dan- you're in danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm totally thinking if you came speeding down our come street, back, yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lost. Man. I'm a lost soul. Yeah, put put this shotgun away. Mm. <laughs> what about my banjo? So I'm trying to say how they could even were allowed to give such strong penalties. Yeah, to these people. Some states, as part of this this whole environment of a couple of presidents of the enemy is drugs, yeah. started saying, well, if it's that evil, we can't send people away for very long for this evil thing they're doing. So they looked sure. at ways to change it. One of them was to make the carrying of more than an eight ball of cocaine confirmation that that person is a dealer. Uh, uh, Paul, you'll know well what an eight ball is, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm all over it. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the ball you sink last playing pool. So I'm going to assume it's a, a, a ball of cocaine that's about size? the same size as the eight ball. Exactly where I went, but nothing to do with it. Oh, no. really? It's three. It's just over three grams. Why it's called an eight ball, I have yeah, no idea. Right. Oh. But just over three I grams. Swarm. That's, that's wrong. Then that's wrong. It's it's a it's a funny name for a U.S. imperial oh, right. measure. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's, it's called an eight ball. Now, it's just three grams, which, as you know, if, if you go to a really known value venue for um, being a bit high when you go there, there's going to be a few first-degree felonies in there, right? right? Right. Because they made this. If you had an eight ball of cocaine, you were a dealer. Right. If you were a dealer that was within a 1,000 feet, 300 metres, of a school or a child care centre, yeah. you were now, uh, if it was cocaine, for example, you were now first degree fe- felony. Oh. A first degree oh, felony. Really? Is that like yeah. first degree murder? Yeah, uh, not quite. Yeah, well, it may be. 30 year maximum sentence. Yeah, right. Jesus. For one, for, for one. three grams of event. cocaine within how far of a school? 300 metres. A, a thousand yeah. feet, yeah. yeah. And so, if you're a if you're a school kid doing cocaine at school, and you've got an eight ball, and you've in got your an pocket. eight ball because there's a couple of you doing it, you're all fucked. Um, but I mean, I don't know anything yeah. about measurements. <laughs> Unless you're drugs, white, in which case you're fine. Wait, how many lines do you get out of a gram? How many and lines you do you get out of ten. an eight ball? Eight. Well, right, you get you get you, you get, get ten lines out of a gram. I'm told. And you get <laughs> so that's thirty lines worth. About thirty. So thirty lines is a bit more than just you and your mates. Yeah. yeah, it's not. A, it's not a lot if you're meeting your friends. How many <laughs> friends? What, a line for everyone at lunchtime. And also, how expensive would that have been you in nineteen ninety nine? You don't do just one line a night. Please stop I incriminating understand. yourself. Um, <laughs> what What is more important? Chop, 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 chop. How much is a gram of Cocaine, or and I guess what? How much was it? Was it's like a school kid? To your point, though, what I'm trying to say is, unless they were very wealthy, it's unlikely to have an eight ball of of coke on them at school in 1999. Eight ball cocaine. What you should know. <laughs> <laughs> 3.5 grams of cocaine, which is three to three point five. Which is one eighth of an ounce. 
hence the one eight, eight ball. ball. Right. Drug dealers and people who buy drugs also use the term eight ball to refer to 3.5 grams of meth. The term eight ball can refer to an eighth of an ounce of cocaine or any other drug. How much does an eight ball cost? An eight ball of cocaine typically ranges from 60 to 120. This is US. Not, not, not in Australia. No, this is US. <laughs> but in 1999. More no, he's not talking about 1999. Well, yeah, I don't know now. what year. But this is Texas this article is from. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We've got to be seen as being incredible. Basically, if you're selling cocaine or any other I mean, just hard have it drug. On you. You're not even having to sell it. Yeah. Okay. Have it on your person. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you possess it, if you possess it, you're up for first degree. If it, they, they do recognise that the jails will be overfilled if we say that applies to marijuana. So it's only a second degree felony, 15 year sentence for for having more than an eight ball of marijuana. Selling it, yeah. Uh, within a thousand feet of a school. So to get 400 odd years, do you have to have lots of eight balls or is there something else that you're going to tell us? And a gun. I, they, they Three don't, eight balls I, and a gun. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And that you, you add, add a gun as well. And but you have to be I a person of colour. Uh, you almost definitely have to be a person of colour. Or, or at least sleeping with years. one. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It let these people go wild with sentences. I don't know how you get for four thirty four has got to be consecutive sentencing, but I don't know what order. You know, maybe he said uh, she she he, maybe he said he met up with her ten ten times and bought drugs off. Her. He never did. He never had much drugs because he never spent the money he took to buy drugs. Yeah from the fund to buy drugs. I'm not a fan of sentences that go longer than someone could possibly live. I think we've established that through this podcast. Yeah. But, but 400 yeah. odd years, like for someone who has, God, I don't know how much they had allegedly and actually didn't have, but what, what would make Judge Self sit there and go, yeah, that one needs 400 years? I'll tell you exactly what would make him say that. Tell me. Anything that the prosecuting Lawyers. A lawyer. A law, sorry, lawyers. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we, we debate that for a long yeah. while. Yes. I think anything that the guy said he wanted, he got, would judge self. Yeah, right. Is that like Leo Getz? Leo what? Leo Getz. Do you remember Leo Getz from um, <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2? Yeah, because that was... Why did um, they call you Leo Getz? Because what? Leo what? Leo Getz. That was... Joe Pesci. Yeah. Joe Pesci. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Massive sentences, and this is why. So to, to, to the nearest thing to a high point in this, the heroes of this story, first of all, Jeff Blackburn didn't give up. When, when all these guys went down, Jeff Blackburn stayed in trying to get them acquitted. But the acquittal thing didn't really happen until a, a, somebody just out of graduate school working for a government agency heard about the case. Now, she had Indian parentage. She looks Indian. So That's maybe important. that was part. Well, <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it, it, yeah. But she's a person of color. She has a passion for these yeah. things, obviously. Let's well, go. Where we're going? Yeah, she was straight out of law school. She had no credibility at all, but she managed to persuade the agency she worked for and people from a top lawyer lawyer firm that this was something worth worth fighting. Not just about Tulia, about about what's happening in some parts of America. She she worked with, and she found it quite hard to work with Jeff Blackburn because 
Jeff Blackburn's strategies hadn't proven very successful yeah. and she didn't still didn't feel they would, but she needed all his knowledge. So she, she you know, they worked together. That was impressive. But she got all of these people, without exception, acquitted four years after they'd been put away. Yeah, wow. Got it. What Brilliant. was her name? Vanita Gupta. Vanita Gupta. Go Vanita. Now, today... She is the United States Associate Attorney General under Joe Biden. She had a similar role under Barack Obama. But funnily enough, she wasn't really Donald Trump's cup of tea. Why is that? (laughs) Hard to say. (laughs) Hard to say. (laughs) Well well played, well played, yes. So she she was in the role, she got kicked out, and now she's back in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, God. because she's bloody, she's bloody good. The problem's bloody not solved, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the, finally, the problem's not solved, though, is it? If she, if she, no, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. God. Oh, and, yeah, no, really good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's worse because she's a woman too. Well, what depends, with that, depends who you're asking. Joe Biden well, and Barack race, Obama are fine with no, it. Fine. That's right. But if we're talking to Donald Trump, yeah. who's a misogynist and a racist, yeah. so, you know, she ticks two boxes. So what do you think happened to Joe Coleman? Joe Coleman. Uh, did he get turned into the Coleman medal? <laughs> it would have been nice if that's literal. Like like in a hand Solo kind of way where he got frozen. <laughs> no. Um, was he assassinated? I reckon he got killed. All all preferable over what really happened. He was given a 10-year sus- suspended sentence. Are you kidding? And, nev- and never spent a day behind bars. For putting people who were in jail who were innocent for 400 years. He should have been lynched. He gets 10-year suspended sentence. But if you're looking at what would hurt him, Daddy would not have been proud of He him. should get... 10 years suspended by his ball sentence. I couldn't give two fucks what he felt. <laughs> that would be better. Yeah, I don't... That's not enough. We'll, get to, we'll get to him. Mofo out. Oh, he's going down. Thank God his dad died long before this came out. Well, yeah. well, you don't know. His father could have been a massive racist and had no issue with it whatsoever. He wasn't a racist. How would you know? He was a ranger. He you was a ranger. Him. That doesn't mean he wasn't racist. He was it in the does. same... He was it working does. in the same system. He was <laughs> yeah. blessed by God, Schmitty. Some people have got a bit of hero worship they, they, for the Texas Rangers. No, racism ranges. is not possible with a ranger. Rapism <laughs> occasionally. Oh, Jesus. Rapism. Move, move along. Move along. So, <laughs> I, I, sp- I spent too long looking at the records. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's it for the story, yes, of Chulia and the appalling things that have gone on. So no, we, that's Shall we break. sentence? Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's the end of the content. Yeah, that, okay. no, that's absolutely the end, yeah. So what do you think, guys? Goodness. Oh, I'm, I'm. I like the suspended sentence from his balls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was quite a good one. I think that would be appropriate. I want him ten years of pain, absolute minimum. Give him um, eight days. I, I think overall, the this is just exactly one of those things that just infuriates me. Where you know, I kind of clearly, I'm I'm white, and I don't face these things. I also don't expect them, and when I hear about them, they really annoy me. And it's like the the episode of the camouflage assassin that we did where, you know, there's so much talk about racism and, and how it happens and I don't see it in my world so I'm, I'm kind of naive to it. And then when, when people bring it to my attention, it really angers me because I just don't get it. I, I don't understand why someone 
would do this, why a town would do this, why a system would do this. And and the fact that it's, you know, 20, probably 22, 23, 24 years ago, that's my lifetime. And and I should be aware of that stuff more so than I am. So it's it's awful. I, I don't like it, which makes me want to sentence more. No, and, and so there's there's clearly a I think a town of people who all are like minded and, and this is the problem with no diversity where everyone thinks the same. Yeah. Everyone and more than a ta- more than a town is what worries. Well yes, yes, I think that's exactly right. And yeah. the fact that people in the legal profession and and I'm sure I'm way more naive in this space than I should be, but the fact that people in the legal profession can sit there and go, This is okay and we're fine with it. We don't think this is not okay. It's just awful. So, yeah. so I think yes. Tom Coleman, have I got it wrong already? No, you got no, it right. If, if, are you talking about the the boy or the dad? Yeah, the boy. Joe's the dad. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Tom right. Tom Coleman yeah. definitely needs a suspended sentence. Um, I'm From not sure. One hundred percent. I'm not sure. Ten years is the right term, though. From his corduroys. Um, and, and what I think is, we probably should do something like Molly Cyrus, also known as Miley Cyrus, doing Wrecking Ball, but on Tom Coleman, who is um, having his suspended sentence. So when she sings, "I came in like a wrecking ball," she's actually sitting on. Tom Coleman in the film rather than a wrecking ball who is suspended by his balls which will make it even more painful for him and there could also be a little bit of Sia with Chandelier yeah but also the Chandelier is Tom Coleman suspended by his balls and that could go on for as far as I'm concerned all eternity I, I'm not really fussed I, I just think- can I can I suggest that's over the top can I suggest you go for 434 years oh yes you can yes you can <laughs> Um, and I'm happy for you to um, readjust my time frame when it's your turn to sentence. But I, I just think, like, I just don't care. These people, like, you know, he's, I think he's absolutely racist. I think he's horribly opportunistic. I think he has nothing in mind other than his own self-benefit and his own self-worth. Like, God, who, how do you, how do you go to court and lie and put people away for that time frame. You know, you you have no place in this world. Just just go. Yeah. So, yep, that that's my sentence for him. Judge Self. Ooh. I'm going to sentence him to, you know, the elf on a shelf that people do before Christmas. Mm. There's going to be a new prison thing that goes on throughout the year, and it's called Judge Self on a Shelf. <laughs> the pri- so Judge Self is going to be shrunk down to the size of the elf, but he's going to have all the things done to him that people do to the elf in the lead up to Christmas. And and I think prisoners who have a lot of time on their hands will have a lot of opportunity to think of things they're going to do to Judge Self on the shelf. Especially if they've been sentenced. By Judge Self, Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. So he's just going to have that for the term of 434 years because that's how long he's given one person. So his existence should hopefully be very painful and full of awkward positions and possibly, you know, a little bit of voodoo doll action where (laughs) they stab him or punch him or whatever. I'm so ignorant in the ways of Tribo 1. And I think you should pick up the sentencing. Oh, someone's... uh... 
passing the baton. Um, Tony, given that you're channeling Swanee, what you're supposed to say is that I just find it really hard to at this point. You know, I'm yeah. not very good at the punishing. You go, you go oh, before me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. She listens. You know, I find this so hard. This is always she the would. hardest bit for me. Oh, yeah. it is. It's always the hardest part for me. You know, oh. it's not for me. So I will um, bring it. Go. I'll bring it. Yeah. So from my perspective, sorry, I've been I've been trying to think about how to represent Swanee as well as I can in terms of a psychological nut punch. And so I think, firstly, for the, for the juries and the judge, I I just want to send them to the same term of jail that they, because they haven't committed any crime apart from being douchebags. Who haven't? The jury and the let judge? Them, yeah, let them go to jail for not committing any crimes. Yeah. And they can be sentenced for the same period of time as they thought it was appropriate to send, send other innocent people to jail for. Yeah. And the judge, though, can get the 434 years because he's a particularly highest order douchebag. Of judge self on a shelf or a different punishment? <laughs> self on a shelf, yeah. Oh, no, I just want to, I don't care. He, jail, I, you know, people who have worked in law enforcement and the judicial system don't do very well in jail. Uh, yeah. They've often sent people there, so I think it would be pretty unpleasant for him. As for Mr Coleman, the thing that Mr Coleman was able to not uh, yes I get that he was exploiting people but the thing that made that possible for him was this idea that he could go from town to town and was anonymous and so he could go undercover so for his sentence I'm going to turn him into a massive celebrity prior to him doing any of this work so that everyone in the country knows who he is he can't go undercover his face sweats so badly that he can't wear a mustache or anything so he can't put a costume on he can't put a disguise on and everyone knows who he is and everyone knows he's just a nasty nasty little grub and he doesn't get any work in undercover work and he doesn't get the opportunity to fit up all these innocent people and steal from the state and do all the other nefarious things that I'm sure we don't even know about but I'm sure he was doing it because he sounded like a complete hustler yeah so I'm just gonna basically make him so well known that he can't do the work to be able to actually manipulate the situation the way that he did. I like And then we'll hang him by his scrotum. scrotum. Um, yeah. So one other thing that occurred to me with him is, so you know how they're removing a lot of statues yeah. from, I, I, yeah. I, I don't really understand the, the whole American system with this, but maybe from Confederate times or something, I, I don't. We are doing it here as well, but anything that's sort of, where we've glorified someone who's a slave owner or Yeah, yeah. But, but it's more it's mostly about slavery. Yeah, know? but but so what I'm thinking is maybe he could be turned into a statue that is a statue that represents racism, that people are absolutely allowed to go and egg or Spit on. graffiti or you know, do all of those disrespectful things that you can't do. Mm. So and that's why you have to remove these statues. Let's put him up there as a statue so that people can actually go, you know what, when I get angry with racists, he's the one I'm going to take it out on. And, of course, he can feel everything. Yeah, totally. He's, he's, in, he's in there. Stuck in, he's in there, but he's yeah. stuck and he can't Han say Solo it. Yeah. Actually, that's that's amazing for all sorts of things. That's I'm just thinking of... of Everyday every, uses for the Han Solo as no, every time you every, <laughs> every time you find somebody that embodies... What you hate. Evil. A disgusting thing, yeah. yeah. Mm. You, you create a statue for them and every major city in the world has a row of statues of the worst that 
you know, uh, I think we it's won't about clean the spit up until world. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes. It's, it's like trial by one the, world. Can we call it the avenue kind of, of dishonor? I was going to yeah. say gallery yeah. or something, but yeah, the avenue of dishonor is fine. Yeah. And then we actively encourage patrons of trial by one world when they're on their wonderful holiday enjoying our theme park yeah, right. to get in there and just go nuts on it. Yeah, yeah, go nuts. Go sick on this fucker. All right. Well, Tony, well done on your first foray into presenting. One. I yes, think you well did a done. very good job. Braver than um, I. I know it when took you, you about three months to write one. that. So um, <laughs> Rid- first one that you've presented, he wrote. He wrote. He did write R. I remember you Underwater Stone. Yes. Underwater Stone. yes. Yeah, I rewrote it, but he wrote yeah. it for me originally, yeah. So at the start, Tony, you said that it was about time that um, it was done properly or something along those lines. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just to wind you up. Yeah, no, I understand, but how do you feel now? <laughs> did, did you do it properly? Uh, no, I did it. I, I did it that it won't embarrass TPW. I did it my um, way? <laughs> and I did it no. my way. Good show, Tony. Good one, guys. Shame, shame we didn't have Swanee. I think she might have enjoyed that one. But, she um, you know, and she, we all know she won't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of our top unlisteners. That's right. So, you know, for Sw- hi, Swanee. Hi, Swanee. So, yeah, this one's for you, Swanee. And as we say every week, I miss you already. Ciao. Well done, Tony. Love you. Long time. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com, to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.